On this episode of the Quality Goods Podcast, Anson and I were joined by Oakland native, SF Chronicle rising star, Chef 2 David Fu. Chef 2 has brought his diverse culinary palate to the Copper Spoon, where he is putting his stamp on some fresh Vietnamese flavors through his pop-up aptly named Bon Mini. Community work is an important aspect of Tu's life, and is evident in the way that he operates as an entrepreneur in the food space. He talked about the importance of his work outside of the kitchen, and how he has used his food as a platform to spread his message and uplift those in the community. We get into the importance of creating accessible cuisine while still utilizing the best ingredients and using pop-ups as a means to test the market. The food scene is ever-evolving, and Chef 2 is making sure to stay at the forefront of that movement. So grab yourself a bon me for this tasty pod, and let's get into it and see what's good. Quality, 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 quality goods. Quality, 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 quality goods. going on good people you are tuned into the quality goods podcast i am chris Beatty, and i'm anson jay and tonight we have local chef killing it out there you might have seen him on bravo top chef season 15 he's the ambassador of whole foods we have chef to david Fu. how's it going man what's cracking y'all i think one underlining important note that people need to know is i'm an oakland native 100% all throughout and never stop representing. So before all those other lines, you got to be yeah. like, to David Fu, Oakland native, we oh, stay representing, man. man. We all mm-hmm. we got. All right. Oh, can I, can I, can I reel that back again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get we got, chef, we got Oakland native, Bravo Top Chef, fifteen yeah. season 15, and ambassador of Whole Foods. We got Chef to David Fu in the house. That's right, man. Shout out to my homeboy, D-Naz. He always says this little hashtag line. I'm really from Oakland, though. You know, <laughs> town business, town business, huh? Well, yeah, man. We town business, you. guys. Yeah, yes. we appreciate town you coming on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually came across you uh, from your uh, new pop up, the yeah, uh, Bonmini. Man. You know, I was just uh, just having my car worked on in the area, yeah. and uh, you know, I was just headed back home. But I was like, you know, what? I need to get some lunch, and I happened to see that the sign out front so i was like i'm gonna go check this out right uh, yeah on, it was man. at the at the copper spoon right yeah yeah, yeah. that's right man yeah and then i uh yeah i just sauntered on in and i saw the line in there i was like yeah. oh man this is some this is the real deal over yeah, here yeah. and uh i had the uh the chicken bon me awesome awesome it's delicious thank you the bana- was it the banana flower salad too yeah, yeah that, salad. that yeah, was yeah. something different too and yeah. uh, vietnamese yeah. cold brew delicious yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i'm a huge fan of bon me so that right was right on man right on that was, yeah a little, little different but delicious nonetheless man yeah thank you man thank you yeah so yeah we try man we try to you know I, i'm just trying to have a space in oakland where you're not paying a 15 dollar burger or even a twenty dollars steak, you know. I'm trying to do ten bucks and a ten bucks and below it was like nine ninety five that I ran. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying my best to like just have something in Oakland where it serves somewhat of an underserved community. Like prior to this bummy concept, I mean, it's a pop up. I'm just trying. I'm feeling things out, and yeah. I'll explain more about that. What that is later. Mm-hmm. But like, I came from fine dining. Like fine dining is like the clear definition of fine dining is usually places that. 
aim for Michelin stars. Yeah. yeah. And Michelin stars are usually um there's there's three there's three ratings there's three two actually there's four there's three two one and zero (laughs) (laughs) and if you get three stars people from come from all over the world to visit your restaurant yeah yeah if you're two stars you're excellent are you excellent restaurant in your country and if you're one star, you're excellent. You're excellent restaurant in your state or in your region. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so like, I didn't know. so, yeah, so like in California, there's were. probably like no more than like ten three Michelin star restaurants. Wow. You know, in the United States, it's probably like no more than twenty. Yeah. So it's it's super elitist, exclusive. But mm-hmm. just getting back to the point, like, um, when I was cooking in that space, everyone that I was serving didn't look like me. Yeah, it didn't look like the people that I grew up with or nothing. Yeah, you know, my family, my friends, you know, we can't, we couldn't go in there and, and, and afford to eat that. Yeah, you know, so I went from that extreme to trying to do something like inclusive in Oakland. So it's it's been a big pivot for me, but at the same time, it's a lot of learning lessons. You know what I mean? That's dope, though. It's like yeah. food for the people. You know, like yeah. I've only been to Michelin restaurants maybe like twice. And yeah, it's it's it can be a little intimidating to yeah. you know someone who hasn't had an experience like that before. And it's not it's not inclusive though. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, well, it's, that price point is it, you know yeah. makes it hard to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. I, well, well, let's speak about this. It's like I know we're supposed to talk about matriarch. I just I just kind of get a little bit mouthy when it comes about food. Mm-hmm. You know, I have I have pox spirit in me. You know what I mean? Like it's I have a big mouth. Nice. <laughs> So you get out there. Um, but uh yeah, but when it comes to food, there's there's different I got mixed messages, you know, in, in my experiences. Working in that sort of space, it says you gotta pay for food if you wanna eat good. But coming from where I come from, like I grew up in West Oakland, seventeenth Adeline, you know, like the firmery, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like Black Panther neighborhood all throughout, you yeah. know what I mean? Like the places where I grew up in, we didn't have like a grocery store, let alone like access to food. So our moms or matriarchs or whoever we came from, they made delicious food from the limited access to yeah, it that we have. Yeah. So in that right, in my mind, I'm like, everyone should have access to good food. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, you still ate good food, you know, growing up with whatever they were able to make out of yeah. it. Yeah. You, know? you know, try to, you know, that's what love is, right? Mm-hmm. So just with that thought, I have that same love trying to do this pop-up for Bun Me. But the hard part about it is like, how do you create accessible food? Um, pay your staff a living wage because I pay way more than mm-hmm. <laughs> than minimum wage. Because you know, to honest truth, because minimum wage don't cut it no more. No, yeah. it's definitely not yeah. a living wage. That's for sure. You see, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, especially I, in the Bay Area. Yeah, on top of that, in the Bay Area, Oakland, yeah. Especially yeah. in the Bay Area. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oakland is what, like the, yeah. it's one of the, in the top 10 rent yeah. markets in the country. Yeah. yeah. I, think it's like, I say top five, bro. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think we're second to Nashville. Nashville number one right now. Mm-hmm. Oakland's number two in terms of like the growth of, um, of price in the past like five years per square footage. Mm-hmm. So Nashville's seen the most growth. Oakland's like second nationally. Yeah, it's uh, wild. I don't know, man. It is wild. But that's the thing. It's like to create something accessible and affordable, it's all speculative, right? Accessible, affordable in a time where inflation is happening. In, in ter- specifically, or, or just to be super 
transparent. I mean, just to be super clear about what I'm saying is like when I say inflation, all the cost is going up. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, food costs. Yeah, li- cost to live. Yeah, cost exactly. To, cost of cost transport. Of staff, all yeah, the all, that, all the ingredients and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. So that goes into this is a podcast about entrepreneurism, right? I think mm-hmm. I think as of 2019, our generation. I think the blessing of our generation is that we could find our own definitions of success. What that really means. You know, absolutely. Are you yes. trying to maximize your profit margin, or I mean, you could run a for-profit business with, with uh, social aspects where you you want to help people, um, and everything else in between. So, all right, let's, let's get on with the questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and, uh, you bring up an interesting point. Though. I was reading an article earlier today, I think, and it was just about the like how we need to change the way that society operates and yeah. not be so uh, obsessed with uh, making a profit and like GDP and yeah. and stuff like that. We need to be thinking more about sustainability and quality of life. Yep. And, you know, part of quality of life is being able to eat good. And, yeah. you know, it's, I, I think it's really cool these days to see the rise of the accessibility to really good food at yeah. a lower price point. And I think a lot of that yeah. ha- like happened once the uh, food truck boom yeah. came around and people were just doing all kinds of new things. You have more access. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me say this in terms of generality, like of, as of 2019, as, as citizen of, of the earth, you know, let alone mm-hmm. citizen of 2019. I think, I think our generation... And the generations before us, specifically in America, we call it first world problems, right? Yeah. Everyone's too committed to work-life balance. I think work-life balance is complete bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Everyone has work-life balance. And because everyone has work-life balance now, you know, they have taken a back seat to all of the work we need to do socially to take care of each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like people do community work anymore. I mean, yeah, there's Christmas and Thanksgiving, but what about the, the other 300 the some odd days yeah. of yeah. the year? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Black Friday's coming up, right? Or Thanksgiving's coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I mean, it's just a different, respectfully, not that it doesn't matter, it's just a different world right now. And, you know, speaking to you guys, and specifically this is an entrepreneurial podcast, Speaking to all the entrepreneurs out there, if you want to see a year 20, a year 30, a year 40, a year 100 in your business, you need to guarantee that there's a year 50, a year 100, a year 200 in the world. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Like, you can't out, outlast the world that your, your business is on. You see what I'm on. saying? Yeah. Like, so yeah. right now, I don't think we have the luxury to even have the choice to be like, you know what? I'm going to have work-life balance. I'm going to take... Saturdays and Sundays off, you know, mm-hmm. like I yeah. think if you just did a little bit, if everyone just got stopped watching, you know, America's, I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> insert insert name here, yeah, yep. insert name here, mm-hmm. whatever show you want to watch, Top Chef, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you just backed off on your TV, maybe like an hour a day, get up off your ass and like did something meaningful. Because for me, going back to my meaning for success I measure my success daily mm. I want to know that every day at night I can sleep mm. that I don't have anything on my mind where I didn't do where I didn't commit to not doing something 
and feeling guilty in my heart because I don't know, my conscience hurts me hard. Mm. I want to be able to sleep at night and say, I did everything I could to, to help this world out or to help my community out. And you know, I'm going to quote Mr. Fab. You know, if you guys don't know what Mr. Fab is, <laughs> he's a local rapper. Um, from Oakland. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, might, you might catch him on our YouTube channel in yeah, the coming near soon. future. Yeah. You know, but he's, he's he, he, you know, the thing that I admire and appreciate is that he, he he's a man of his community. But he always says this. Absolutely. Yes. He always says, you know, I really don't care what you've done, but tell me what you've done for your community. Yeah. You know, so. Um, and, you know, I think I think having people like that in the community space speaking like that in a man in his light as a man in his respect and his accomplishments same thing with Marshawn Lynch mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's like you think that man sleep he don't sleep yeah, yeah he's working you know so for, yeah. for I mean, if there's kids listening on the radio don't think the more successful you get the more sleep you get you got mm-hmm. more responsibilities that means you have yeah. this privilege to be more impactful you have more resources and it's your responsibility to give it away that's true entrepreneurship that's what yeah. I think yeah using your platform to uplift the yeah. community around you the community that helped raise you, you absolutely know? yeah absolutely. and even like with both those examples you give with Marshawn and Fab like they, they're gone international but they put their stores right in the dab, you know, heart of Oakland you know because oh he could have been in that. Beverly Hills yeah, if you exactly. wanted to yeah. Yeah. And and that's what they and, and they'll be at their stores too. That's another thing. Like you know, even our interaction with Fab, you know, that little bit of time he was there, people were coming up to him and you know, shouting him out because yeah, he puts on for where he's from. So yeah, you, you know. can't hate the man because he puts on his for community. So yeah, I, I think having 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 folks like that and exuding that same sort of like Black Panther community, we got our own, we all we got sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. In this generation, that exudes in in my soul as well too. Yeah, so. yeah, I think it's a very Bay Bay center kind of thing too, like a chip on our shoulder always. Like we know that what we're about here, but we just want to spread the message out to everyone else that what what we what we have out here and what you haven't seen, yeah. you know, what they don't know about Oakland or San Francisco until they get here and let a local go, you know, show them around and what what's really the texture of the of the area, you know. Yeah, I love that the texture. Yeah, you know, you got to feel it. It's not it smooth. It's a little gritty, but yeah. I, we like it. Yeah, and all of that. All, the way it feels is exactly a represent representation of the bay you know so but yeah. something i kind of want to say i mean we'll talk about it more when it gets to um like you know we talked about uh, top chef a little bit we were doing some research but yeah man like you said we're all we got like we saw on there as well like the way you wanted to help those out there you know yeah, um yeah. episode one you're yeah. out there helping other competitors you know like you're yeah. competing against these folks yeah. but you're man, still lending I got, a like, helping hand to, man that's you know, like rocky can. and apollo you know, yeah. Rocky Balboa sort of attitude. Like yeah. if, if I want to compete with somebody, um, I want to compete with people at their best, not yeah. at their lowest. Yeah. You know, and people yeah. when they're competitive, they get shady sometimes. Yeah. You know? But for me, I you know, I wanted to know that if I beat you, I beat you at your best. Mm-hmm. Not because of something. Exactly. Yeah, no technicality. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just want to say this, man, just for the record, that, that stuff is TV. Man. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, we want to talk you know, about it. Like, you know how to like, like yeah, amplify the drama. drama. Yeah. You don't you don't you don't cook like that in restaurants, yeah. man. I just you just do not, man. Yeah. That's you know, what we talk. Yeah, we talk about all the time. It's like, man, the amount of time between that food being made and people trying it, like, you know, like. It's, I, I, I tell you this: if you went to a restaurant and you paid five hundred dollars to experience like three hours of like fine dining, best food, ever, you want to know that somebody took months, days, mm-hmm. weeks. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Planning your food out, yeah. I'd be pissed off if somebody cooked like I did on Top Chef. 
Like mm-hmm. <laughs> just do some, yeah. just yeah. do some stuff together. Yeah, with yeah. a time limit. With a random, right? yeah. like, I'd be super <laughs> pissed. So I'm like, what are you doing? Like, like how yeah, do you expect it, me to turn out quality food? Yeah, yeah. in 30 yeah. minutes time. That's not letting you with do what you do with your craft, you know? Yeah, yeah but that's TV, man. Yeah. I, if anything, that that show alone, it was, man, it was it was a blessing from the universe and mm. God, if you're religious or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. It was, it was a blessing from above and and. I, I had an opportunity and a privilege to be able to tell my story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think real entrepreneurship, um, that spirit of it is identifying these opportunities and then leveraging it to your maximum. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. that's what I think entrepreneurship is, man. Yeah. And, oh. you know, <laughs> I think I think all Bay Areans, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the way we grew up, yeah. we call it grind and hustle. So yeah. it's, it, it, it lives in our blood, hey, you know? All gas, no break, man. You know, all you gas, no break. Go. So you get 15 minutes, you want to extend that into yeah. 30, 45, yeah, an hour, you know? Yeah. Take and run with it. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what I did with the show. I had this opportunity, but the day I got off, I went out, Nonsense. had to be, I didn't, you know, real talk, I didn't. I don't have money. You know, when I got off, I didn't yeah. have money to be like yeah, you're my like, own the agent. The show's done now, yeah. You know, I didn't have money to be my own agent. I didn't mm-hmm. have money to like, you know, super gas up and have like a, a firm or, or, or a team behind me. But I had, mm-hmm. you know, I had an aspiration to, to get to that point. Yeah. So I had to learn how to like write business plans. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to like do presentations like PDFs. And I learned it all on Google Slide. <laughs> I had to learn learning how to write and speak Toastmasters classes I befriended a bunch of homies that were writers mm. you know and just being you know always being a student of life and then taking it in you know because the more vulnerable you are the more you're willing to like have people critique your stuff and if you're just willing to shut up and listen there'll mm. be learning opportunities you know yeah. um, and that's 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 a that wasn't a plan lesson. That was a lesson in disguise yeah. that I learned um, and I was able to acquire because I put my emotions on a backseat because I wanted to like be at this certain place. You know what I mean? And kind of fast forward through things, Top Chef. Like, um, So now I have three companies. One's a media mm-hmm. company. We do food TV shows and we're working on a show for KQD and PBS, but that's all I could say. Got you. Um, the second one is a, a, a food honing company. So anything that, that, that interacts with food, we do food products, um, we do food, food consulting, we do uh, anything in food development we do. And then the third is just, you know, the two David Foo face and brand <laughs> for yeah. Whole Foods endorsements and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so. Style, man. And like anyone, you know, just to, just for even like young entrepreneurships, I, I, I had this, you know, because my parents weren't entrepreneurs; they were laborers mm-hmm. all their life. You know, like my dad was a fishmonger, worked late at night, worked, you know, went from work from midnight to like eleven in the morning. My mom was a seamstress. Mm-hmm. You know, I made more money than my mom and dad together, like <laughs> when I was like nineteen, because yeah. they made such a low wage. You know what I mean? They, it's they. Crazy. Their, their work and their hardship was based off of uh, just a lot of hours, hard manual labor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, I didn't, I never knew that being an entrepreneur or owning something or starting a company, you know, you, you could register it online. Yeah. Or go, go to a firm and have it set up for you like a few hundred bucks. I always thought like this was, it was such this like un, unattainable unattain, thing. 
where it was like for a certain class of people or a certain privilege, but and and I, I every opportunity where there's a mic in front of my face or if I'm speaking in front of like a class of kids or wherever, right? Mm-hmm. Anyone who's willing to listen, I always try to tell people entrepreneurship is super attainable. You know, and because it's twenty nineteen in the internet and the accessibility that we have, anybody can do it. That's not the hard, setting up the company is not the hard part. The hard part is making is getting money <laughs> and making <laughs> yeah. a profitable company. That's mm-hmm. the hard part. Yeah. But I think as long as you're resilient and you're willing to make the mistakes and whatever money you make, you're willing to reinvest it and like put your, literally put your money where your mouth is. (laughs) Yeah. I think eventually you will figure it out. Yeah. And I think that's for everyone. There's no exceptions. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Hard work, man. It's, like there's no overnight successes in yeah. entrepreneurship and failure is part of the game you know yeah. like you're gonna don't, don't call it failure call it learning lessons mm-hmm. yeah. for sure it's like people always say my homies always say this is new thing where I took an L you didn't take an L <laughs> yeah. you didn't take a loss you took you took a lesson it took a lesson if anything yeah you know I like like, like say say how about this like you're a high school co- uh, college all star you know and you had a great college career, but they didn't they didn't draft you into the NBA. That's not a loss. That's a learning lesson. Yeah. You know? It's like maybe mm-hmm. that wasn't the path for you. Maybe you should recoup. Maybe yeah. you should like try another alternative path and do like a um Alex Caruso path. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Play in a D League until yeah. you get like drafted. And then boom, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's just a learning lesson, man. Yeah. Nice. So did you always know that food was gonna be kind of the path you went as like a uh, pretty young or how, how did food kind of get into your come into your life I'm about to say this I'm, I'm a passionate dude I believe in dreams I'm like you guys know Alchemist Paul Coelho the book mm-hmm. yeah. it's about passion and dream. I believe in this shit all throughout man mm-hmm. I really believe in passion and dreams and if if you don't pursue it I just say this if you put your passion and dreams on the back seat that's not a bad thing you might be taking that sacrifice um, for someone else in your life or whatever the reason yeah. is yeah but as long as you're able to sleep at night. But if you have the opportunity to pursue it and engage it, that that's top tier. I really believe in that mainly because I feel that I don't want to think that certain people were meant to have great things and other certain people weren't. I want to believe that the universe is this ever-evolving, beautiful life form, mm-hmm. spirit sort of a thing. And if you send your want out to the universe, the universe will give you what you want over the course of time. Yeah. And yeah. I think E40 is the perfect example. You know, his if you look at his career path, was well, like 40 some odd years. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. He's I been mean, rapping since the, since 80s, the 80s. Man. Yeah. He's been rapping since the 80s. Since the 80s. And he's still putting out new records. In yeah. his own style. Yeah. And yeah. he, he just kept it. on doing it until yeah. people liked it. Yeah. It's longevity at its finest, like how, and then multiple v- business ventures on the side of those things throughout his career, and then what is he doing now? You know, it's like, man, it's crazy. That's I, a lot I, of inspiration for us out here, man. Like, absolutely, I, I, I tell you this, man. I appreciate that we're in a room full of creatives, you know. But if you do something in life, you should do it because you love it. Absolutely, money yeah. should never be the issue. Yeah, um, that should be your measure of success. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's my biggest possibility and I'll tell you this I went into food knowing that the industry doesn't make money yeah, <laughs> yeah. but there's two ways you go look at it is that 
there's more than one way you can look at it. The first way is like love what you do because if you wake up every day and you ain't getting your paychecks yet, you know, yeah, there's, you, know you still love it. it. Yeah, yeah. And I say number two, there's no such thing as an industry that doesn't make money. It's just you have to be creative enough to find, you have to be creative enough and then know your industry enough to be able to find an opportunity in mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And that's, that's you know, just say for example, um, what is it called? Um, um, capital, capital venture, uh, venture capitalists, mm-hmm. you know, they love to invest in things where they see opportunity and meaning like no one's ever thought of it before. And you come up with this whole new solution that no one else would ever figure out. Mm-hmm. So I think there's opportunity in everything. I think you could be, yeah. I think you can make your M's or your B's in anything, in yeah. real estate and plumbing in garbage, like recycling, yeah. you know, like in, you know, yeah. I, humbly so, I think the only thing you probably can't make your M's or B's in is teaching. <laughs> and that's yeah, no, and that's that, really that's, unfortunate. No, and that's, too, yeah, no. Yeah. It's, yeah. But that's noble work, yeah. you know, like I feel, yeah. I feel People like, who deserve to be paid, yeah. you know, because they're bringing up exactly. everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like we all have, have yeah. teachers and stuff that have had, you know, yeah. profound impacts on our lives. Yeah. Got him in my life now. The peers, you know, that I grew up with that are teachers now are trying to navigate how to deal with, you know, the kids and bringing them up for the few. Like you said, yeah. 50, 100 years, how are you going to get these guys ready if we can get the earth to keep going? How? What are the kids and, you know, those right. generations going to look like? So, Right. It's a, it, it's a hard one. But I, but I tell you this, we might not be able to solve everything. You know that term where, you know, we stand on the shoulder of giants? Yeah, exactly. So we have to like left off where, you know, our key figures in our careers and our lives or whatever left off and then work off of that. You know, we don't, I mean, it should be less, it shouldn't be selfish where we're working towards change because we want to see it in our lives. That's not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you want to make those impact. Like I, they, when you were talking about before, man, I try to try to make as many actions I do intentional, you know, like the interactions I have with people, like what can I take away from that and what can I give them with the energy, you know, like in even casual conversation. You're you know? right. It's, it's all about energy. So yeah. uh, uh, I've been working with incarcerated men for like the past three mm-hmm. years in a maximum security prison, um, specifically San Quentin. Wow. You know, so we, I go in there with my other homies and stuff and we teach them how to cook. And it's a program called Quentin Cooks. Shout out Quentin Cooks. What's up, you know? Yep, yep. And the interesting thing about that is it's more than teaching them how to cook, we teach them how to work with each other. And I'm telling you, the most heartbreaking thing about that is, because it's a a prison program, Mm -hmm. the success rate on that when they exit is very, very low. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where the basics of business just don't apply to nonprofit situation. Yeah. It's that out of that, say 10 kids, uh, not 10 kids, but 10 students that graduate from our program or 10 graduates, mm-hmm. one of them becomes successful and they, they use their skills for something. And I, I don't even know what successful is. Like, Yeah, exactly. Depending what... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, the best hopes we could do is just change somebody's perspective on something. But say the others, other nine end up in jail or back in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, should we just give up because our success rate was too low? Well, I mean, I mean in, in that instance, I think there's a lot of other factors that yeah. go into that. But at least you are, you know, trying to make an impact. Yeah. And that's the important thing. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm trying to say is that 
I, I think with entrepreneurship, you have to go in just like life, you know, just like the nonprofit space, just like the community space. You have to go in. I, I would encourage everyone and anyone to go in headstrong, no matter what the results are, no matter how bad it gets, is that you're doing what you believe is right. Not just morally and ethically, but in terms of like creating that business. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you have that mindset, you have this very sharp and clear vision of what you want to do and you're willing to, you have no finite stop or, or, or budget where you can max out at. I think that's the way to go with entrepreneurship. You know, you got to be all in. You can't be half in, half out. Um, and you can't let those little speed bumps uh, throw yeah. you off the road, yeah? No, you yeah, can't. Just take those lessons, like you said, man. You know? yeah. and just like you, you mentioned uh, venture capitalists and stuff, I, I think it's something like 80% of their returns come from like 20% of their yeah. investments or something like <laughs> right. that. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> they're, you know, it's just goes to show you got to just be looking out for opportunities wherever they are. Not yeah. every opportunity is going to sure. lead to a, a golden road, but for sure. yeah. you know, and if you stay open yep. to those <laughs> yeah. to those opportunities, then you never know what'll come your way. And I tell you this too: um, access to information has been more than ever. So, two biggest things: inform yourself. Everything that you do, you don't have to know how to do it, but you need to inform yourself. Mm-hmm. Go see, go seek help. Go get counseling. Go get advice. Whatever it is, ask a friend. Do your homework before you engage into anything, because I think, especially with entrepreneurship, there's a lot of legal matters. Mm. And no matter what in uh, no matter what industry you're in, there's always this thing called intellectual property, or they call it IP, mm-hmm. and that means whatever work you did, and you happen to have a business partner, whatever work you did, whatever work they did, somehow needs to belong to the right person. Yeah. So inform yourself, understand how things work, understand how your state and local laws work. And I say, and the second thing to that is, people always say they can't afford a lawyer. You know, I tell people this. At some, you should always have a lawyer, and you could just try to find one and just get advice like an hour at a time, which is like two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I tell you this. People say they can't afford a lawyer. I tell, and my immediate response is like, you can't afford the loss of not yeah, having. You a can't lawyer. afford yeah. not to have 100%. a lawyer. You see, and I had the moment I had Lord, that shit changed my life. Yeah, my life. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, and it, all that means is you know, maybe I shouldn't upgrade to a new iPhone. Was it eleven? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as I thought, or maybe I shouldn't go out to the movies, or maybe I shouldn't go out for a drink. Like, I cut back. I make my, those sacrifices, those small personal sacrifices in my life, so my business can grow. Yeah. And I think that's another thing about entrepreneurship. It's like, that's like having a child, you know? Mm. Yeah. It comes with a lot of sacrifices. That's, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, some people mo- might not even connect the two. Like you said, do I need that iPhone? You know, they don't see, like you said, every choice you make affects what uh, whatever else is going on in your life, you know? Yeah, so don't go on vacation. Yeah, exactly. Know, there's time for that. And there's time where you, yeah, like you said, you keep going. Yeah. So. I, I just I just try to always say this, man. Sacrifices today makes for makes for an extra vacation day for yeah. you later, yeah, or uh, an extra day of early retirement later, yeah. You know exactly. 
So you've uh, so you've got this pop up, and I, I, I've seen a little mention of uh, a new pop up coming up. Oh, you're doing your future. homework, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and I love my my Vietnamese food. So. <laughs> yes. So you got always a, looking for a, a pho ga. Yeah, yeah, uh, chicken pho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this gonna be at the the Copper Spoon as well? It's gonna be a pop up within a pop up. <laughs> nice, nice. Pop up Inception. Yeah. So so let's talk about pop up. Just yeah, to, just yeah. to elaborate yeah, on exactly yeah, on yeah, that. This is still relatively a. a a new thing you know there yeah, was absolutely. like the food truck boom and now the pop-up thing is yeah. kind of taking over absolutely so a pop-up is for those of you for those of you listening that don't know it is a informal restaurant it is a restaurant um it is a informal restaurant in an informal space mm. um coincidentally i have mine in a restaurant but you can have a pop-up restaurant like um in somebody's backyard in yeah. a tent or in a club mm-hmm. or at Matt Oak you know that's that is exactly <laughs> what I was going to say I was like Matt Oak has like rotational pop ups yeah. one of my favorite it, bars by the way shout out to Matt Oak shout, shout out, out to Matt Oak and holding it down for the Warriors mm-hmm. since yeah. day one you know great mm-hmm. spot to catch a game that's for sure absolutely I've actually um, seen some of the Warriors staff there, and I, I, when uh, McAdoo was on the team, I saw him and one of the coaches there. Oh wow, which was super dope! Funny. Super dope. A lot of local rappers are always at Mad Oak too. They're yeah, like always tucked in the corner. Yeah, Thank you, yeah. Um, but yeah, so a pop up is essentially it could be a permanent or a semi permanent. Oftentimes, it's a semi permanent yeah. place to get food. So like, mm-hmm. kind of like a food truck, but not on wheels. It could be in one city or different locations within your city, stuff like that. So it's like a food truck, but without wheels. <laughs> it's oftentimes, Ish. I think of it as a place to like prove your concept as well, right? Like, Absolutely. Like test your menu, make sure that what you're offering is popping. And- Absolutely. Bingo, nail on the head. And that's, that's why I did, uh, that's why I'm doing these pop-ups. It's a proof of concept. It's a way for us to gather data. So if you open a restaurant, there's 26, I think about 26 permits and licenses that you have to have. Wow. Mm. Tons of money. Yeah. And for me to just open a sandwich shop, it probably costs like a quarter mil. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So That's crazy. Yeah. Especially for something new yeah. that I never um, really dipped my hands into mm-hmm. before. And I don't know how the public's going to react to it. I don't feel good about having a quarter mil. Remember, I'm from Oakland. We're yeah, right. we're Bay Areans here. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't throw away money like that. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to do this new and innovative thing, where gather we gather data as a pop up and just kind of see how it does. It's like twenty grand versus a quarter mil. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot better. I could sleep better at night. Yeah, you know. Um, and so far, it's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, and if it does really well, um, after gathering data for about six months. Uh, we will turn it into a brick and mortar. So, well, I wish you luck. I, I I think it's it's pretty safe to say that you're well on your way to do so. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I love Bon Me, so I'll I'll support that yeah. any any day. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, it's funny because I used to uh, like a lot of people. I think they think of Bon Me as like a three or four dollar sandwich yeah. that comes on like an old crusty baguette type yeah. of thing. Yeah. But you've elevated it a little bit. Put it on like a roll, like press them. Yeah. So, so let me say this about the three or four dollar uh, bunny sandwich that a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. is that um, the blessings of like community spaces like Little Italy or Little Saigon or Chinatown, 
and all those like POC, people of color community spaces exist because there were either public officials, um, politicians, or even people of that same community group. They went back to the city and they said that this community group needs a community space. Hmm. We're going to give you this community space for under market rates. When you give somebody under market rates, people who live in that community could feed themselves. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And when people feed themselves, so for example, the bunny shop in Little Saigon, they're able to charge 3 to $4 because a Vietnamese American entrepreneur like came back that. to that place. Mm. Like in the 70s or the 80s, he probably came to the United States in the 50s, bought up a yeah, huge co- yeah. complex and says, I'm letting only Vietnamese community people exist in this community space because I want to retain it. I don't want us to be able to sh- get shoved or moved out or gentrified like, like yeah, what's yeah, happening now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing that people don't understand about community spaces. Yeah. And those... Those 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 Vietnamese American immigrants filled into those spaces, and they made food accessible and affordable because the financial structure was set up for it, so that their their community peers can buy from it. You know, they charged three to four dollar bunmies so that the new boat people coming over could have be able to buy. It wasn't yeah. meant. It wasn't meant for. Us, <laughs> yeah, yeah. respectfully, mm-hmm. but they didn't stop people from going into their community spaces. I mean, it's all love. Like, yeah. Come on in. Yeah. Whoever yeah. thought in the seventies, in the sixties, <laughs> in the fifties, or even like the twenties and the thirties when they had Chinatown, right? Yeah, that yeah. other people from other colors of communities would come and yeah. enjoy the food yeah, when the, the menus entirely in Chinese. Yeah, right. So that's what we forget. Where that three or four dollar sandwich comes from. Yeah, it's a, it. It was a place where, in a time where, they created food like that, so it could be accessible to people, so people yeah. could eat. And I think the time is now is that we don't have those community it's spaces not, yeah, anymore. Yeah, it doesn't work like how it used to work. Yeah, Little Saigon and East Oakland, you know, and drive down East 14, First Ave through Fourteen Ave, everyone's closed up. You know that that formula doesn't work anymore. Yeah. All the people who own those like buildings and strips, they're gone. They either yeah. passed away, they sold it off, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's happening in the Bay Area. It's happening in San Jose. It's happening in L.A. It's happening in New York, in Chicago. I don't know what's going on, but those yeah. spaces are going away. Yeah, I guess just, you know? those models aren't sustainable anymore in this yeah. in this market. Yeah. yeah, it's not. So like, I think that's the hardship that I'm having. Is trying to figure out how we make accessible food. And I'm using clean ingredients. I'm using the best things I could find, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I the other, and the flip side of it is you go to Wendy's, you go to McDonald's, Jack and Box, you have a dollar value. Yeah. I can't compete with that, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, a 3 to $4 bun me is cheaper than a meal at McDonald's. Yeah. Real, <laughs> real talk. Yeah. So as of 2019, for those places that still do it, uh, you know, I think it's a multitude of things. If they're not getting an under market rate, they either own the building or they're evading taxes. And I think that's a heartbreaking sacrifice that we don't realize. You know, people tell me 
Those places are happy to charge three to four dollars for mummy. Like you tripping? Yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah you are nah, tripping. They, they want. They yeah, need some important. money too. Yeah, that's you important know? to know. Like you said, why that model is the way it is. You know. Like, yeah, and, you know, like, do you really want to know what value it comes with? Yeah. Charging three to four bucks. Yeah, you know. When I was a, a young, uh, starving dude early in my career, those three to four dollar bond me's went Got a long way mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. yeah, and it's like definitely the option. Like, I'm not gonna go to Wendy's if I can yeah. snag one of a those. A great sandwich. Know? It was right down the street from I was living in LA at the time. Mm-hmm. There was like a Vietnamese market right down the street from me that I could yeah. just yeah. pop right in and get a four dollar bond me. Delicious. You know, mm-hmm. you make a great point, man. Is that if that option's going away, you know, for the for the new youth. Like, what are their options going to be? Yeah. You know? And I think that's where, like, what you're doing and what you're trying to do comes into play. You know, like like you said, your parents or our parents didn't really think about being a business owner, right? And so now that you had that experience from both sides of seeing it, now you're feeding a different people. Like you said, those sandwiches weren't made for, like, our generation. Yeah. And, they, and, and that's the that data you're getting from being back in Oakland. Now, Oakland's yeah. different than when you grew up, right? So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. how do you still feed the people you want to feed? And, and yeah, and being able to keep doing it. You know, I, so. I, I tell you this, our generation's way different, mm-hmm. way different. And we can all be guilty of it. Because I tell you, the money that my parents made, yeah, I would say probably about fifty percent of their income went to food. Yeah. I think with the money that we make, I think yeah. like thirty percent of our money goes to food, and I'm guilty of it as well. But we spend it on music, we spend it on shoes, yeah. we spend it yeah. on phones, and you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not calling anybody else out. Yeah, but but it's reality. Yeah. But I, I'm publicly announcing for myself as well too is that. Sometimes we we need to we need to check ourselves sometimes, you know. And I think that's just in the pursuit of being better people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buying a lot of things that we don't need. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I've been trying to be more conscious of that. Yeah. yeah, you see it with a lot of people's. I mean, how much of it they're really uh, doing on the on the the inside of their corporation or whatever but a lot of people talk about it more at least like sustainability you hear that all the time or organic or whatever it is but at least it's it's being brought up now you know bro so. cancer is real bro yeah. mm-hmm. cancer is super real I got a homegirl named Mimi shout out to Mimi that's my homie shout she out. out in Texas right now mm-hmm. but she she's one of my homies that I knew uh, that's in my network the youngest person to ever have breast cancer that I knew mm. she was 27 at the time wow. 27 breast yeah. cancer you know god bless her so she beat it she's yeah. good she's healthy she healthy but there's something going there's something wrong with this picture there's something wrong with with what's going on in our communities and our food and all that stuff yeah. and I, I think when people do bring up sustainability and organic and loco the fir- my first response to them is cancer mm-hmm because I really firmly believe that cancer, if it doesn't come from our drinking water, it comes from our food, or maybe both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's the thing that we, you know, are constantly putting in our bodies, so it wouldn't be a surprise that it affects you, right? So it's like... There's a lot of messed up stuff out there in our food system that mm-hmm. I think in the past 10 years, we just unfolded and found out. Like, we didn't know BPA, plastic water, crystal geyser bottles causes cancer, yeah. you know? like. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we didn't know that, you know, much stuff. Like, we didn't know that um, the way we raise dairy cows, you know, mm-hmm. would give people heart disease, stuff like that, you know? 
and oh. just so having sugar and like everything and corn and everything. Yeah. You're right. You're, we thought fat free was healthier. <laughs> yeah. But fat free stuff has so much sugar in it. Yeah. You know? And just so much other not things, you're not things you're supposed to eat in it too, a lot of times. So it's like, man. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've heard stories of people getting diabetes from, you know, super healthy athletes, but they eat like Cliff Bars. Yeah. And Power Bars. Mm-hmm. We have t- and drink Gatorade because they have tons of sugar. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And they're like training with those things like every day, you know, because they're not trying to eat a lot. So you eat, just throw it out on the Cliff Bar thinking you're getting all your macros and stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Really, you're just consuming excess mm-hmm. sugar. Right. Yeah, I think it goes back to a big point you made in general, like whether it's business or life, like do that research, you know, about whatever you're, you know, consuming or putting out in the world and yep. try to, yeah, try to, yeah, try to get through it. So, so yeah, just, just re-underlining those same points, man, like whether it's entrepreneurship or just further yourself in life, appreciate, appreciate reading, you know what I mean? Mm. Get information by reading, um, learn how to speak, learn how to express yourself. And learn how to write, because I don't care what industry you're in. If you use those three things, that that stuff alone will get you further. Like, how can somebody respect what you're thinking, your intelligence, what you know, your experiences, if you can't express yourself? Yeah, you know. Yeah, sometimes your message is gonna get lost because you weren't able to communicate it the way you really wanted to. You know. So. Yeah, and I think those are the underlying, um, subtle not subtle notes, but underlining characteristics of a good leader is mm-hmm. that you got to be able to like if, if if you're a general you know you got to be able to inspire your army like yeah. when you speak they got to be able to feel it they got to yeah. be behind you a thousand percent and if you can't do that you can't write it you can't speak it you can't you know yeah, you need that mouthpiece man yeah you, you know? need a mouthpiece yeah and that's that's a cool thing that you mentioned earlier is yeah. you know your, your food speaks for itself yeah but you took the time to, you know, go to Toastmasters and all that stuff to learn how to communicate better and to spread your message yeah. through other means than just your food, you know, and just Absolutely. to inspire and uplift people. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you need to know how to communicate. Absolutely. You have to communicate. And people think even with cooking, you know, you don't read a lot. You just look at recipes and stuff. But there's a lot of food history, you know. Yeah. You have to know where your food comes from, the cultural, the history. Mm. Um you know, a cultural sensitivity, stuff like that. You know, yeah. like there's a lot, a lot of history behind food. You know, um, I think in the beginning, when I started off my career, the thing that kind of really dug me into like professional cooking mm-hmm. was that I, I read a book called Mediterranean Feast, and they accredited the rise of Europe's cuisine to the North African Muslim Moors. Isn't that crazy? Mm. <laughs> So there was like the fall of the Roman Empire, the North African North African Muslim Moors took over. And they were all, all over Europe. You know, they were in Italy. They were heavily infiltrated in Italy. Mm. Um, all the way to Spain. And did you know Madrid is a Muslim name? Oh, no, I, hmm. didn't, I didn't know that. So all the spices, all that stuff, that's, oh, that's very, it's all Muslim, you know? Hmm. But it's a sensitive topic because I think to this day, Europe is still very heavily... Catholic mm. um, and mind you that there was a moment when after the Muslim Moors North African Muslim Moors the, the, the Crusades happened like they they went yeah. they, they protested all through Europe and burned everyone and everything that was Muslim mm. rip it out of their history books like it's crazy right yeah it is crazy yeah. so yeah. 
It just reminds us that today, you know, the spread of information, it's, it's kind of cool that, you know, you can't erase history anymore. Like, it's, once it's out there, like, it's out there. Now. In digital media? Yeah, yeah. digital, like, because, you know, once it's in the cloud, it's it's everywhere now. Yeah, like, yeah. there's, like, so many copies and stuff, so... That's one one thing that the digital age has brought, in. like just the information that we all have, and that, yeah. yeah, the information that how you can, the, like people are more informed about their food now. And you're the, right, you're right. I mean, I think that's choices. one of the greatest institutions, uh, one of the greatest things about about America. You know, there's freedom of speech. Fuck Trump, by the way. Um, <laughs> but one of the greatest things about America is that um, we have freedom of speech and we have access to information. Yeah. Like the library is probably one of the greatest institutions ever. Like. Yeah. Y- y- you know, Free I see information. Yeah, yeah, I see homeless people in there, and they, like they're welcomed, yeah. just like yeah. anywhere else, just yeah. like a church. You know, like it's it's a place where you can inform yourself. So when people say, you know, I don't have access to, I'll, I slap somebody upside the head, man. Like, yeah, do you know how easy it is to get information here in yeah. the United States? You know, like you could read, you could, you could self inform yourself, you know, through laws or. Mm-hmm. You know how to do something yeah, like yeah. everything. YouTube, put There's a YouTube work, video yeah. f- to learn how to do anything. YouTube, these days. Yeah. yeah. I Wikipedia. mean, you can go to the library and get videos or audio book. You know, if that's if you if reading's not the way, you know, there's still ways to get that in- information. Sure, so. absolutely. Like Chance the Rapper, like came up off of the library. You're you know? right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. By going to open mics, the library. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think there's a better time and period than this year, mm-hmm. and ho- hopefully, progressively so. And to be an entrepreneur, yeah. you know, and and you know when I talk, I, I you know I, I speak a lot of like at you know career days mm-hmm. for like high school kids and <laughs> yeah, kids all kids always tell me these high school kids always tell me, oh I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to make money, you know, so yeah. I, I just want to be very clear when we talk about entrepreneurship, it has nothing to do. Some parts of it, the basis of it is is to generate money because it's yeah. capitalism. Yeah, exactly. But that, but you have to be specific about what type of entrepreneurship do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to run, do you want to be in cars, steel, mm-hmm. tech, yeah. you know, medical, yeah. like where do you want to innovate? Where mm-hmm. do you want to bring your ideas? Yeah. If you want to do it with money, if you want to make money, yeah, then be a banker. Yeah. You know? There's a way <laughs> to do that too. Yeah. Exactly. You're working banks, but people yeah. won't like you, but go work in banks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a way, I mean, and I'm pretty much, like you said, there's, there's a way to make, money if that's what you want to base success on but in general any like new business or even new way to do business it's oh i didn't think of that you know like that's what you need to be thinking like how yeah. how what what do i do to put my twist on banking's been around forever but if you want to be yeah. a banker there's a way to do it and be forward with it you know or whatever it is or they did bitcoin <laughs> that came out of you know so i I, yeah. I just tell you this you, you should just define your life on what it is you know yeah. like if you want to be compensated in cash then that's what you're going to give to the world. Yeah. You know, if you, if, if that's what you think, yeah. If you want to be around music, you know, if you want to receive the gifts of music, that's what you're going to give to the world. If you want to receive Mm -hmm. the gifts of food and cuisine, that's what you're going to give the world. Mm -hmm. And just be very conscious of that. If you become a basketball player to get the gift of cash, you receive the gifts of basketball, but you give it back to the world in cash or that's what you're expecting back. You're not gonna make it. Yeah. For those who are considered the the experts or the masters of any craft or any industry, those are the people who truly, truly love their craft. And 
and I think if you trust the process and you you trust the the, the uh, you trust the craft and you and you you aspire to be a master in that right, all this financial successes will eventually come. That's what I yeah. think. Yeah. Right? Nice. If you're putting good stuff out there, people are gonna recognize it, and yeah. eventually it will lead to that. You know? And what if they don't? Who cares if they recognize yeah. it or not? Just keep doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you give your contribution to the earth. Like, like once again, like E40. Yeah. Like people didn't recognize it for a long time yeah. on on a on on a mass level. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he you know it took him a long time of trying everything. Remember when he did a thing with Limp Biscuit? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's well into his career already. Like Like, you know, in the late nineties, right? Yeah, he did something with Limp Biscuit. Yeah, that's another thing that's crazy. Like he finds a way to be like a new artist every few years to people. You know, like he puts out a single with the newest person out there. Learning lessons. Yeah, you know, Jay Z did a thing. Remember with Lincoln Park? Mm -hmm. It's learning lessons. You know, that was dope as fuck. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like I said, it's just that's that's the outlets they chose you know they knew that the ground was there and they got to put it you know put it into it but man yeah and that's the other thing is i think if you're afraid to do something if there's something new that puts you in an uncomfortable state i recommend doing going it. for it yeah because yeah. yeah. that's a learning lesson well yeah. and i think that's really where true growth comes from is yeah. when you're putting yourself out of your comfort zone yeah that's when you are testing yourself and absolutely like, you, you have to rise to the occasion or not you know mm-hmm. like it, again it's a it's a lesson it's like yeah am i am i made to do this yeah. or or not i'll tell you this people don't ever worry or worry uh, people don't ever remember your mistakes they always remember yeah. <laughs> like jordan you know yeah. like they, they remember his free throw shots that he makes or he yeah. made that game winning shot you mm-hmm. know that's all that's they true. remember Mm-hmm. But it takes you know it takes you like a hundred mistakes for like one good moment. Yeah. You know? But you better have been doing the right thing every single time. You know, like you just got to go through the right, like you said, go through the right process every time. I, I, you guys, have you guys read um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? Mm-mm. I have not. For every entrepreneur, I encourage you. I encourage you to read it. It is a book that debunks greatness. He breaks down. He's a psychologist, mm-hmm. and he breaks down greatness and what that means. Yeah. And greatness. In that book, the way he defines it has nothing to do with the right God given yeah. right or birthright of <laughs> yeah. getting anything. Yeah. You know, it's 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 he, he boils it down to a number. He calls it the ten thousand hour rule. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you do ten thousand hours mm-hmm. of anything, yeah. you become good enough. And once you become good enough in your own right, in your own way, waiting, you know, waiting and looking for opportunity, you find your point and you nail it. Mm. 10,000 hours. They yeah. said that Beethoven was a genius by the time he was 21 in playing music is because he had 10,000 hours by the time he was 21. So no matter how many years you do it. Yeah. I could spend it's a year, it. I could spend a, a month, uh, every month, an hour cooking for 20 mm-hmm. years. It doesn't mean that I'm good. <laughs> it just doesn't. Yeah. But if I'm obsessive with it, you know, I have this obsession with craft, which yes. I think all masters should have. Yes, 100%. All greatness have, all people who are considered great have, is that maybe every waking moment that I have, I'm practicing. Yeah. Like, let's use Michael Jordan for an example. Every waking moment, I'm always on the court. My homie's out, watch a new movie coming out, go get drunk, whatever, go to the club, whatever. I'm on the free yeah, throw line the in my backyard in the gym yeah. shooting free throws. Yeah. 
you know? And I think, I don't think there's any secret recipe or formula for no. For quote unquote greatness, it's just something you got to put work into. Yeah, it's the drive, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mental mm-hmm. fortitude. Yep, absolutely. Now, do you think that the rise of like programming, like food related programming, and social media has uh, had an influx in the amount of uh, food entrepreneurs or people that want to be entrepreneurs in that space? I think I think it has make things more accessible because on those mediums, visually, information uh, can be more easily spread out through um, through the world internationally and nationally, whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. To people could see how to do things. I think that's the great positive. I think the the second. Uh, I think the negative is is that. I don't know if it is a negative, but there's a lot of fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so people have these Instagram and social media accounts where they create it so that it seems like they have a certain lifestyle or a certain yeah. milestone of success when they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that I think that that's an unfortunate scenario because. they're living their lives digitally, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think that, I think that uh, it's just my personal opinion for me, living your life digitally isn't, isn't as gratifying as, 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 uh, as, as getting that like firsthand feedback from like some, like, like say like your pop up for it's, instance it's you not, get to it's, see people it's, it's not impactful you know when yeah. when, you're, when you have a fake social media profile yeah. and you're you're faking that you're um you know a food blogger and you're eating at all these amazing mm-hmm. restaurants when you really didn't mm-hmm. um and you're just like just taking other people's content and you you fill mm-hmm. it up in your social media fo- yeah. social media profile you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no substance in that. It's like yeah. you're you're living this imaginary, you know, Sims lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, the video game. You know, Which, yeah, like, it's true. Like you, you can tell they didn't put in like even ten thousand hours to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, you know. And let me tell you what's what's wrong with that is that I I I, I wish this generation. I just want to say to this generation that your your fixation with with making it and being perfect and being socially accepted um being the cool kid being the popular person it's like the high school complex now on a digital media platform amplified yeah (laughs) amplified and and i just want to tell people that no one gives a shit (laughs) no one really cares where you've been or what you do i think (laughs) what you should spend your time doing is spending time with the people in your lives, in your community that don't have infinite time, yeah. you know, connect with your family and friends and your loved ones and community, be mm-hmm. impactful with them. You know, I feel that living the digital life takes you away from everyone. And it, and it, it create it, it creates this void. It can create this loneliness, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think what we want and what we need now is that, we need people to come together and create community and do yeah. impactful things for each other, right? Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, um, Instagram took away that that like count. So hopefully that inspires people to yeah, really get do a there. little more yeah. in their community. I mean, I think. <laughs> And stop faking the funk. Yeah. Faking the funk. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, especially with food, it's like, I don't want to just see it anyway. I'm really trying to go see this dude making it, you know, because it's yeah. food. So that's the best, right? Let's just go out there. So, I mean, luckily in the food space, you would figure people would want more personal interaction so they can really try these things. But you're right. You're right. You know. I think, I think, I think, I, I don't think we said the word, but I think there's this like, um, this whole thing about fame. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, you guys, remember that Tupac song when he talks about street fame on his Machiavelli album? Hmm. I think it's like something we all adore, uh, something we're dying for, hmm. nothing but pain, stuck in this game, searching for fortune and fame. You guys know that Tupac song? Yeah, kids, do your homework. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. not Send you guys, kids, yeah. audience kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I remember I heard, I saw some argument on online that said like. Or let's say like oh, X is the new, or Tupac, X not. is the new Tupac. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Don't even yeah. start that comparison, oh. <laughs> youngster. Like, like like six nine is the voice of a new generation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that's not a generation that I want to associate yeah. with. If that's, that's the I case. mean, to me too, man. It's like like stop trying to be that this version, this generation's version mm -hmm. of anything. Anyway, like be mm -hmm. you. Anyway, you know, like. I'm I'm very fortunate, or I think uh, we all took that lesson in being out here that like we really yeah. don't care. Like maybe it's me being too deep about it, but even like the whole going dumb thing, man. Like I always always tell people that didn't weren't from out here. Of course, like you know we represent for out here, but I'm like, man, we have to dumb it down so you guys could catch up. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. don't care. I never care. Even even yeah. since day I'm out like partying and someone's like, man, like you know younger kid, he's yeah. like oh man your drips this and this I'm like you know everyone where I'm from is like that because we just don't care we just want to have a good time yeah, and yeah. do it together right yeah, so yeah I think it definitely helped with my interactions as an adult like I don't I really don't care because we were being stupid way back <laughs> in the day so man I, I yeah like I said like the the fake the funk is like really real I didn't think it started with social media so yeah I was out in Napa and some some kid went up to me and was like I get I, it was in our <laughs> it was it was in our hotel in Napa, mm -hmm. I was I had a getaway with the lady, you know, like super nice hotel in Napa, and some young kid came into the hotel super drunk, and he's all like, "Yeah, man, I was just up on a rooftop and I was drinking Hennessy because I'm from the East Bay." I'm like, <laughs> I don't know anything about that, yeah. young man. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think the whole I think image image in 2019 means too much right now. Mm. You know, and it's not. I don't. There needs to be more soul, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what you drink. I tell you. I tell everyone this, man, and <laughs> my, my colleagues and the people that I do business with. Yeah. Everything. A buck starts here. Stops here, right? Mm -hmm. Like before, I do business with anybody. I'm like, yeah. So, uh, do you do community work? Yeah. That's my. That's my that's the, first that's thing yeah. that yeah. I ask people. Wow. You know, yeah. my first thing, especially if you got a company, especially if you got money and you're trying mm. to get something from me. Yeah. You better give before you get. Yeah. That's my bottom line. Mm. You know, to me, that's that's to me. That's 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 I think that's true. Entrepreneur spirit is that you're maximizing everything yeah. for opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah. the opportunity is not for me. It's probably for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. You know. 
So yeah, hopefully that becomes more of the norm, man. Where that's I, I can almost I say so. for sure that's not the first question a lot of other people are asking. No, that's, man, that's so. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, chef, this is a a good time that uh, we can go into a segment that we like to call support quality. Yes. And uh, we just want to ask you about something that has uh, brought quality to your life recently. It could be a person, a place, a thing a process yeah but what's something that has brought quality to your life um that's a great question man um i think when people think about quality and stuff usually external but in this conversation this piece specifically i say it's my family you know uh i think just going back to it just just a recap and reminder i I grew up in uh, a very humble place and beginnings you know both parents laborers you know they work with their hands work very hard so for me personally, for a long time, I, I, I had this self shame about myself. You know, I was I was a Vietnamese American kid, first generation in like predominantly black neighborhood. Everyone was different from me. Mm-hmm. You know, so like because I was different and because of the shortcomings, quote unquote, that I had, I wasn't proud of my parents. I wasn't proud of where I came from. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to always be something else. You know what I mean? Um, I think a lot of kids do that. They watch TV and they try yeah. to emulate what's on TV because they're not proud of where they are, where they come from from home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the blessings that I've had recently, I'd say going into my 30s, I'm 34 now, going into my 30s is that I had this opportunity to learn how to grow closer to my parents, to listen to their story. And by listening to their story, it it fueled in the most indirect way, it fueled my soul in my career because it created my identity. And I think every entrepreneur, every person on this planet, entrepreneurs included, you need to have an identity. You need to know why you exist on earth. Mm. If you don't know why you exist on earth, there'll be no reason why you would push forward. And I think those were the issues that I was having. I was like, I want to push forward, but why am I pushing forward for? Am I pushing forward for money? No, that's not everlasting. Mm-hmm. So my parents, they are from Vietnam. They're boat people. They went through two wars, uh, Khmer Rouge in Vietnam mm-hmm. and then Vietnam War itself. And I'm telling you, my dad was a soldier in that Khmer Rouge Vietnam War. Khmer Rouge was the, uh, or Combo- uh, the Nazis of Cambodia or Southeast mm-hmm. Asia. Like a lot of horrific stuff happened. Gotcha. Yeah. And... I didn't understand the sacrifices my parents went through. The privilege, uh, in, in understanding their sacrifices, I translated that to my privileges. Mm-hmm. And in understanding my privileges, it helped me excel in the world. Not just in my financial or career, mm-hmm. but my spirit. Like Everything grew from there when I understood who I was, my story, and where everything came from. And I go out into the world head high, proud, you know? And I think before anybody becomes successful in any right, in any measurement at all, is that they, they have to have peace in their heart and in their soul. And I, you know, just to be very transparent, I am still trying to find peace in my heart and soul, but at least I know I'm on that path, mm-hmm. you know? But that answers your question. Yeah. That is the support and quality that I've recently had. Nice. 
That's really great, man. So it's nice that you have found that connection with your parents, like that you didn't have when you were younger. Yeah, my parents were working all the time, and you know, parents who have PTSD they don't talk about the war, so I don't, Mm. you don't know or understand why things are certain, uh, why things are the way they are. You know, Um, I could get into like gritty details, but like you know. I had a uh, hard time understanding growing up because I'm because you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. I think that's important. Something I've started to realize too, like a little while back, is that yeah, you can even something as small as like a movie you watch. When you watch it as an adult, you take it in differently. So those conversations you have with your parents are just different now because you have life experience to really absorb what they're talking about. You know, absolutely, um, yeah. absolutely. That's you huge. know, so things become a little bit more precious. Like mm-hmm. my parents, they don't. To this day, they still don't say I love you to me because mm. it's, it's just culturally and just what they've been through and yeah. all that stuff. You know, but, and, you know, for a long time, I resented that as a mm. kid, you know. But the way they do say I love you is that they feed me, they cook food. So those moments where I spend with them around the dining table, even though it may be quiet, they appreciate my presence there. Mm. And it's just, I take a different tone on that because to them, that's their way of being like, I love you. Being, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. sitting around at the dining table so I think if you could understand for, for me understanding those those sort of like subtleties in, in my life I reflect it to all the other spaces um, that I interact with I feel like I'm more patient with people mm-hmm. I feel that I listen more um, I feel that um I try to be the person who is um, empowering others opposed to leading others. Because mm-hmm. um, I found that in my parents is that, you know, uh, opposed to being the kid that needed love, I felt like I was the one, I was, a, um, I was like a reporter or journalist listening in and tuning on them, trying to catch up on these subtleties. And then, you know, falling in love with the things I found out. You know, it just changed my whole perspective on, on everything. And I feel like at, at 34, um, you know, I don't want this to be a Nipsey Hustle moment. <laughs> Respect, you know, yeah. rest in peace, Nipsey, great yeah. Nipsey. You know, if I, if I pass tomorrow, I feel like I could have some peace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, fulfillment is not a stage. Fulfillment is a feeling. Mm. you know so I like that yeah. yeah well chef it has been a pleasure to chat with you this evening absolutely where can the people find you online and out in the real world yeah, absolutely yeah. not faking the funk you know <laughs> but you can catch me on social media at chef to david foo that's c-h-e-f-t-u-d-a-v-i-d-p-h-u spelled like it sound come check me out follow me I, you know, try to do community posts and try to be genuine all throughout. Um, if you guys want to check out the Bum Me pop-up, we're going to do fun as well. Uh, check us out at Copper Spoon in Oakland. That's on 40th and Broadway. That's 4031 Broadway. We're there uh, Tuesday through Saturday, starting in December. Mm. Come check us out. Uh, we all we got. I'm trying to, like, do stuff for the community and let me know. You know? Yes. Yeah, so if you're in Oakland or just in the Bay Area, go get a sandwich. They're delicious. Check them out. Absolutely. I'm always there, so don't be afraid to say what's up, you know? And if you got Hulu, you can go uh, 
watch Top, Top Chef, Chef. Mm-hmm. season 15. Yeah. Also, if you guys are in the check, please, on KQED, I was on the most recent episode, maybe yep, like two episodes out. ago, check, please. Nice. Yeah, yeah check we'll it out. To, we'll make sure to tag all that stuff Yeah, when this comes out. Absolutely. One love. Thank you. Thank you. Good Thank quality you. podcast. Man, love. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you. You can find us at Quality Goods TV on Instagram. We got links to everything there, our podcast, YouTube channel, our Amazon merchandise store. <laughs> I'm at Mr. Beatty on Instagram. And I'm at Young Man Old Souls. But uh, yeah, it was a lovely to uh, chat with you yes absolutely yes. we'll be by for some sandwiches yeah soon. i'm not yet done when, do, this, when does the be. pop up uh, open december 7th december 7th okay yeah. and Someone we're doing it sure on saturdays that. yeah because oh, yeah, sure. you know i'm not a huge pho guy guy so i, I hope that it's different man it's right? like it's compared to like matzo ball soup you know what i mean yeah. it's like that it's way different way yeah. different vibe, so yeah. I, I look forward to uh, yeah. trying that next month if I just squeeze in signing out for everyone else on podcast land, man, if you guys have a dream, you know, pursue it. No question, no doubts. Mm-hmm. Books you need to read, read um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I highly recommend it. It's going to change your life. You know, I was a kid in West Oakland. I didn't think I had any opportunities, um, but I believed I had a dream, and I encourage you guys to do to uh, do too as well. So, man. All right, you heard the man. Go check out Outliers, Alchemist. You also mentioned that's Alchemist by Paul Coelho. Definitely yeah. want to check that one yeah. out because that is a great read. That's like a what, like a barely a hundred page book. I read yeah, it. I read you, it can, you can read it like yeah. periodically too, and just like take man. something different from it every time. Yeah. You know what you do? You keep it on the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Keep it in the bathroom every time you take a poop. It's like a no. fifteen minute read. You finish it like in two days. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Wise words. <laughs> All right. Well lovely chat about food I always love to talk about food but uh, you know and we'll talk about food again but until next time we out